Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSEN, the sports betting network. Back here on the Green Zone, presented by MGM Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds, week number 14 of the NFL. Just had a nice first down for Brandon Ayuk of the Niners. That game is now tied up after Cincinnati tied it up with a field goal moments ago, so it's 3-3. Three to three. We know the Chargers right now leading 14-7 over the Giants from New York, and they are moving the ball again. And Tom Brady... They've got a fourth and goal situation. Brady's getting hit a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some of it of his own accord. And uh, one of these a little bit after the play. Just a little bit. No call, though. And I don't think there should have been. But he is taking some shots here early against the Buffalo Bills. Ryan Suckup right now going out there for a short Yeah, stop that Buffalo. I call them half stops yep. when you only give up a field goal here. So uh, Suckup is going to be good from 23 yards out. 10 nothing, Tampa Bay just inside the second quarter. But... Buffalo definitely needed to hold them to three there, or this could have got very out of hand. Let's go back out to Eric at home with more on this. We talked about playoff Lenny, now regular season Lenny, getting the job done as well. But what did you make of what Wes and I were discussing here, Eric? It looked like Ed Oliver kind of went over Tom Brady a little bit. Brady didn't like it. Then he goes in, kind of spikes up after running, and then he ran for a first down, putting the shoulder down. I mean, this thing's getting physical. And then he Brian Urlacher'd a guy, too, on the second scramble, you know? I mean, this is vintage Brady, but even better than the original as far as his uh, athleticism and movement in his 40s. Unbelievable. But, yeah, I mean, obviously the Bucks did have a chance there to kind of put their, their you know, foot on the throat of the Bills. Good, good goal line stand, a sack on first down, a short gain on second, uh, and they hold him on third down on the, on the, the miscompletion uh, there. But 
Yeah, I mean, you can see the fire from Brady. And, you know, as I kind of jokingly said in the intro, we talked a little bit ago about Brady saying this is the biggest game of the year. He actually clarified that this is not just the next opponent. He was looking at their situation and the rest of their schedule and where they are in the standings and, you know, what's at stake and, and clearly recognizes a big game. So I think Ed Oliver and, and maybe some other uh, things that happen on the field certainly lit a little bit of a fire under the, uh, under the Bucks and Brady. But I think they came into this one with the right mentality. And even though they are two games uh, ahead of where the Bills are at at nine and three. So still a 10 nothing lead for Tampa Bay. They're in a great spot right now. Could have been a little better as the Bucs try to get up off the mat early in the second quarter, 13-35 left in, uh, in, until halftime. All right, Eric, right now, seven and a half, the live number here for the Buccaneers. Very quickly, Eric, you know, Brian Dable, I, I think early in the year, a lot of people were kind of singing his praises, and I was too, and I like Sean McDermott. Yeah. I think he's a good coach. But clearly, it did not go well against New England in a very interesting game script on Monday night. And so far, the offense, zero points here in the second quarter. What's going on with this offense and Josh Allen? Is it finally that the lack of a running game is starting to show up and Allen can't do everything by himself? Yeah, it may be partly that. It also certainly is something you got, you got heard you guys talking about this uh, earlier in the in the show. The offensive line, there, you know, one guy breaks down and, and it's a jailbreak, or, or two guys miss their assignments uh, and you know bad things happen. Allen was under pressure on on uh, you know each of his. It seemed like almost every one of his attempts so far. He's had seven of them in the game. You know, really. That defensive line has gotten its share of guff. The offensive line certainly as well. And I think that, you know, that's got to enter Dable's mind as far as how he's calling a game and, and whether he wants to go to max protect or, or, or change the protection up front. So that's something that, that uh, the offensive coaches absolutely have to consider at this point, especially yeah. against the Bucks, who can rush the passer as well as anyone. It's just funny because, again, remember the work, week one, mm-hmm. I believe uh, they were shut out uh, by Pittsburgh or maybe a late garbage touchdown there. Um if memory serves, but again, that they couldn't get the offense going against what we know is to be a good Steeler defense. Certainly was back in week one. I don't think we expected to see prolonged issues, Wes, with this Buffalo offense. Obviously, the elements played into it Monday night against mm-hmm. New England, but the elements are beautiful down there in Tampa Bay, and they're still not well. If it. you look ever since that Chiefs game, now they lost to Tennessee, and Tennessee's a good, solid team, and that was kind of a shootout. Last team with the ball won. They covered against Miami, but they weren't really that no. impressive. Got a late touchdown. Then they had that 9-6 loss in Jacksonville. And then they beat up on the Jets. And then the Colts came in. And remember, the Colts really took it to oh, them. Oh, man. 41-15. That was kind of the first time really Indianapolis had beaten a good team all year. Then they beat the Saints on Thursday night on Thanksgiving, where the Saints, you know, are battling injuries. And then... We just have we have not seen I think a really good Buffalo Bills team for about uh, really since that Kansas City game on October 10th. Yeah, so let's see if they can get something to go, and they've got a first down right now at about midfield, down ten nothing. See if Josh Allen can kickstart that offense. Uh, a bit of a surprise here is mounting in Denver, which was a fourteen nothing game there, but uh, Detroit just tacked on a field goal, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden it's it's fourteen to ten. So with, we'll keep an eye there. With seven guys elevated from the P squad for Detroit, just trying to fill out a fifty-three man roster. By the way, seven minutes left to go in the first half. Denver minus ten and a half, fifty and a half your total at BetMGM. So they've already had three touchdowns on the board in Mile High City. Tank Williams, of course, sprinkling that T money juice. Normally, we always get points with Tank. No touchdowns so far here as we're about the 12-minute mark of the second quarter. Tank, we got a, a, a kicker's delight here, 3-3 so far. 
Yeah, I asked for vodka on the rocks, but I felt like they gave me a little extra water in there. No vodka. I mean, these teams just don't like to party, man. I'm not sure what it is, but it seems like the San Francisco 49ers are trying to get a little something going on the ground right now. We see some runs by Jeff Wilson, so they're, you know, starting to crease the Cincinnati Bengals up the middle of the field, and so hopefully that opens up some plays in the passing game. We've seen Brandon Ayuk with a couple uh, catches here on this drive, but I would say the one thing that stands out is both of these teams are combined 0 for 5 on third down. If you can't execute on third down, that's not going to translate into touchdowns, so that's why we see both of these teams selling for field goals. Uh, Tank, cue the T-Money juice. And guess who got it? Debo Samuel Tank. So you get Debo back in that lineup, and what a difference he makes for this offense here, Tank. So, again, as you're speaking, bam, T-Money Juice, here comes the first touchdown of the day, and it is to Samuel. And they're utilizing this guy, Tank, like a Cordero Patterson down there in, in the ATL, right, where you're just seeing him running. This is another run. So it's like Kyle Shanahan is saying, if he's my best weapon, let me figure out a way to get the no. football in his hands. Absolutely. I mean, that's a great call by you, too, because I think a lot of people have a hard time trying to find someone that's comparable to Debo Samuels because he is the best wide receiver on the San Francisco 49ers. Yet when they're in the crunch, he is their best running back. He's their best Swiss Army Knights, the best Westman. And that's the same thing you say about Corderell Patterson. So for him to be able to get that running play, get the Niners in the end zone, kind of break that Cincinnati Bengals defense open a little bit, show a little crack. So now that they're going to be focusing on getting Debo Samuels in the run game, that may open up some stuff downfield. But now what I'm more interested in seeing is that Joe Mixon hasn't gotten anything going thus far. Are they just going to come out, spread them out, and try to get Javar Chase and T. Higgins going on the outside? Interested to see how they come out in this next drive with Joe Burrow. Debo just said, come on, Smoke. Stanley left his window open because they left that window open <laughs> wow. on the right side and well blocked down the field. Debo Samuel in the end zone, 10 to 3. Niners minus 3.5 even money, 49.5 on the total. All right, Chargers right now have a fourth and one, and they've called a timeout there. So they are inside the 10-yard line of the Giants. Looks like they're going to go for it, so we'll get back to that in a second. So in the interim, let's get back out to Nate Jacobson watching a very entertaining Lions and Broncos game out in the mile high. I mean, Nate, did you expect to have 24 points as we're talking here midway through the second quarter? I definitely did, and I kind of wrote the Lions off even as a 20-and-a-half-point underdogs and in play when the Broncos went up 14 nothing but Lions cut into the deficit a little bit more kick a 36 yard field goal the key play of that drive was fourth and one at midfield and Dan Campbell trusting the offense to go for it and they did so they were able to get points on the board and extend the drive a little bit more and cut it to 14 to 10 Broncos now with the ball Teddy Bridgewater has been shaky today three of seven Denver has had success running the ball. I'd expect a lot more running, maybe try to take this drive to halftime, especially because Detroit will start with the ball to start the second half. But right now, Broncos favored by nine and a half for 10 and a half. It just adjusted, ticked up and 50 and a half the total. So I feel like this game might set up for a second half under just mm. because the full game total was 42. We're, well over the pace to go over. I could see a little bit of regression in the second half, especially just with how banged up the lines are and the fact that Denver is running the ball and Vic Fangio kind of a conservative-minded head coach to begin with. Yeah, I, I could see that game script as well. And again, we'll see if, if it stays there here, 14 to 10, uh, before we get to halftime. One coach that's not of a conservative mindset is Brandon Staley with the Los Angeles Chargers. No. and. They were fourth and one from the five, and they were going to go for it. False start on Filer. 
So uh, Dustin Hopkins on to kick a three. Okay, and, and very quickly, and again, we'll see if he can get that there in, in Tampa Bay. Uh, is trying to keep Buffalo out of the end zone there as they are making a drive. Back to the Denver game here for a second. And it feels like if you lose to Detroit and you're Vic Fangio, it's almost like the kiss of death. Like, oh, yeah. okay. look, Mike Zimmer now, right? Everybody's talking to Minnesota now. Now, of course, they come back and get a nice win Thursday night against Pittsburgh. But that's like that danger zone game that you can't lose. Mm-hmm. And when you're up 14 nothing as Denver was, boy, you really don't want to, to let a Detroit Lions team come back from the dead here. Uh, yeah, down 14 nothing, especially 10. a wounded oh. Lions team that is all kind of beat up with injuries and COVID and whatever else have you. So uh, Denver's definitely got to get it going. Defense has been good all year. Feels like they're almost a quarterback away, maybe one more playmaker on offense. That is a very good defense. And also is Tampa Bay because it looks like they're going to hold uh, Josh Allen over through his receiver, so Bill's going to have to settle for a field goal. Yeah, and Josh Allen, you can see the the expression on Sean McDermott's face, and Josh Allen's like, oh, kind of had one there. Uh, didn't get it. Tyler Bass going to try to get the first points of the day for Buffalo. So, again, both defenses kind of bended but didn't break. It was a rather high total. Uh, it's come down a little bit now in-game, as I see it flash year, at around 50. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty close to what it was pre-flop, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, now 10-3, to that field goal, by the way, from Tyler Bass is good. Okay, and right now the Bengals are trying to make a move. They are down 10-3. to So a lot of time in the second quarter here, 11 minutes to go. So, again, maybe a slow start, but the offense is starting to pick it up. Bills, by the way, also uh, don't run on first and goal every single time. You can throw on first and goal. We didn't see them do it last Monday night, and they paid for it against New England. And by the way, Buffalo, you don't run the ball very well to begin with. So the generic yeah. run the ball on first yeah. and goal doesn't always seem to yeah, work Yeah, your out. best runner probably is your quarterback. Probably. Might want to think about that, Brian Dable. But let's see how this game progresses. So don't go anywhere. Come on back. It's the Green Zone on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. 
Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights of where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over-unders and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. Visa is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Dave Ross alongside West Reynolds, week number 14 of the NFL. And Tom Brady has just found that guy, Rob Gronkowski. They might have a future together. They have a first down uh, deep in Buffalo territory, already up 10 to 3. The Lions, by the way, have the football back. This is 14 0 Denver yeah. before you can blink an eye. Yeah, we thought this was going to be blowout city, but it has absolutely not been. Maybe Denver kind of thought, okay, this is going to be easy pickings, and they're just going to lay down. Credit to Dan Campbell's guys. They are not doing so right now. It is 14 to 10. Denver, Denver minus eight and a half, 48 and a half at that MGM. And the Chargers, who had a 7 nothing lead, uh, then squandered that, have now reasserted themselves here 17-7. Let's get back out to Danielle Alvari watching this one for us. And Danielle, again, you know, Brandon Staley, very aggressive, wanted to go for it at fourth and goal, as Wes was mentioning, but uh, a penalty backed them up. They had to settle for three in that last possession. Yeah, absolutely. That actually looks like a pretty good stop by the Giants there, but of course it didn't go through because of the penalty. Uh, But the Chargers offense doing its thing. It's already back on offense. That's how quickly the Giants are out now. Uh, But the Chargers have had 16 first downs compared to the Giants' five. So Herbert really working the play action. You're seeing that be really successful for him, which is great for my bet because he already has 13 completed passes and he 24 to catch that over. So sweat it out with me. And as far as Mike Lennon having a concussion, I thought concussion symptoms were that you lack of balance, but he has looked steady and sure so far. The only thing I've noticed is he has been taking a lot of hits and very early, so that makes me nervous for the Giants more than I already am for the poor guys. Uh, but the Chargers also rush defense, looking like it's improved a little bit, has only allowed 25 yards so far, uh, limited Saquon Barkley to just 17 yards so far. So things looking up for the Chargers. Danielle, you do a great job with the LA CityCast uh, here on VEASAN as well. I do want to pick your brain a, a little bit about Boy Genius Part 2, if you will, in Brandon Staley. And again, I can be hard on the kids because, you know, my thing is, let's not anoint the guy yet as the greatest, the second coming of Sean McVay because I know he, he was on his staff. What's the vibe around this guy in this football team? Because it feels like at the beginning of the year, tons of excitement, maybe usurping Kansas City in the West. Then they kind of fell back a little bit Where are they now, and where do you think Brandon Staley is as far as his grip on this football team? 
Well, I think we're forgetting that this is his first season really with this team. And so, of course, there's going to be a ton of excitement, but there's also going to be some growing pains. And I think that we've seen him kind of have to adjust as the season has gone on. And I think if there's anything we can say about these Sean McVay type of coaches, these newer, fancier, trickier type of coaches that are able to do these adjustments. So I think that's what we're seeing here with Staley. Of course, uh, we're glad that he goes for it on fourth and one, but it kind of gets blustered there by the penalty. So we are seeing improvement and more so even like I said to that defense I would keep an eye on that of course this is not going to be an elite rushing defense by any means but there's improvement there which means that Staley's doing his job and making those changes as necessary all right great point Danielle because again that had been their Achilles heel early in the year at least defensively maybe they're starting to shore that up a little bit right now you see 12 and a half on the live number here for the Chargers and it feels like again they're starting mm-hmm. to take control a little bit in this one that yeah they are Justin Herbert getting a lot of underneath stuff and uh Getting some runs after catch. The rack from Mike Williams and company. So 17 to 7, minus 12 and a half for the Chargers, 47 and a half on the total at Bet MGM. Just saw the slumped shoulders of one Thomas Edward Brady, the fourth. That's because he thought he had Leonard Fournette over the middle, but Lenny uh, dropped that ball. So it's a third down now, 10 to 3, third and five here with, with the Bucks primed to get more points. But they might have already been stopped, if not for an interference penalty on mm-hmm. a play, Rob Gronkowski. Got mixed up with the safety a little bit. And, again, that does now lead to a touchdown for Mike yeah. Evans. And my thing is, Wes, and I know I say it to you every week, it, it's just it's so hard with the well, way the rules are in this week to play defense. That did not look like passing. Well, if you me. ask for a flag, you're going to get it. And, uh, look, uh, both guys had each other wrapped there, uh, Rob Gronkowski and Jackson. And, uh, nevertheless, that, that was on a third down, by the way, so it continued to drive. And then – Tom Brady finds Mike Evans in the left quarter of the end zone. It is now a two-score game, PAT pending in Tampa. Okay, right now let's go back out to Nate Jacobson. And again, every time I look up, Nate, I see Detroit and Jared Goff moving the football on Vic Fangio's defense, which is supposed to be pretty darn good, but we're getting closer to halftime. This game's getting closer and closer. Yeah, just on the other side of the two-minute warning, the Lions convert a third and one. They did stop the Broncos on the last drive. So down 14 to 10, under two minutes to go, clock running. Live line right now, Lions plus seven and a half, lay a dollar 20, 45 and a half the total. So maybe the idea of going second half under might not be as, as attractive because it was 50 and a half live, but we'll reassess at halftime. I want to see what the Lions do here as they're trying to get some points on the board before we get into the halftime locker room. Okay, so third and six right now to Nate's point here, about a minute 20 to go before the half for the Lions here. And again, and Wes, you, mm-hmm. you do, I think you do a, as good a job as anybody I've seen in the entire market here for adjusting in the second half based on what you've seen in the first. So again, high octane right now, at least for Detroit. They're moving the ball well against Denver, but maybe you would think maybe that comes back to the mean to Nate's point a little bit in the you, second half. You would think, uh, look, uh, if you look at Detroit right now, 5.9 yards of play, only 4.9 for Denver. And we saw that Denver uh, offense kind of sputter in Kansas City mm-hmm. last week. Really couldn't get it going. Had plenty of chances. Defense absolutely showed up. Uh, some of this rushing attack for Detroit a little bit deceiving because Craig Reynolds did have a 35-yard run. So, that's going to inflate your numbers. 11 carries for 84 yards. It looks like, uh, I believe that is incomplete. So, so uh, we are going to see a punt. 120 left to go. Two timeouts, I believe, for the Denver Broncos. So maybe could get down there and get three. All right. We mentioned that there was a score in Tampa Bay for the particulars on that drive. Let's go back out to Eric Edholm and E. You know, Wes and I were just kind of pontificating here a little bit 
about that call on Gronk that extended the drive there. What would you make of that call? I thought it was a little soft. You know, Gronk's sort of nodding his head and saying, yeah, yeah, you got me up here. And, of course, people have been, you know, crowing for years. Gronk doesn't get enough calls against him. This one goes in his favor. I thought it was a little bit of a soft one there. And, of course, they go down and score Mike Evans' first touchdown uh, reception, I think, in uh, three games. So, uh, great, great start for Tampa Bay. Maybe a little bit of luck on that call. But still, I can't say that we've seen anything close to the the, the Bills' best. and. You know, I'm looking at this in-game line, guys. I mean, it was, you know, it's 10 and a half. A minute ago, it was eight and a half. Mm. Uh, you know, you got to have some faith in the Bills at this point, making a, a comeback. Yes, they had that one good offensive drive that ended in a field goal, but otherwise, it's been kind of a tough day at the office so far. Yeah, Eric, great point. And again, I think this is kind of a trap that a lot of Bills backers have fallen into this year. Just going, well, yeah. Josh Allen will figure it out, right? Josh Allen will get it done. Mm-hmm. At some point, somebody else is going to help out Josh Allen. And you're not seeing this offensively right now with this team. And to East point and to your point, Wes, when you look at the, the, the way some of these games have gone throughout the season, they've laid offensive clunkers yes. against teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, last week against the New England Patriots. I mean, there is a longer list right. than I think we thought we'd see with this Buffalo Bills Yeah, offense. no question about it. And I think a lot of it, too, is the defense is not stepping up. They're getting beat up front. And that's really the factor with the Buffalo Bills and the really good teams in this league, and Tampa Bay being one of them. They don't get beat up front very often. Not very often. Possibly a turnover in Cincinnati, but there is a flag on the play. It looked like Joe Burrow was picked. There's five minutes and 46 seconds to go before halftime. So let's see that that is going to be wiped yep. off due to a, um, it looks like a illegal hands to the face penalty. That's going to negate a pick, but you hate, you hate uh, penalties. You really hate them when you have a turnover mm-hmm. on said penalty. So that's going to stop that drive. The giants are trying to get down at least in field goal range here. 52 ticks before halftime. They are down 17 to 10. And the Lions did punt the ball back to the Broncos. Let's see how aggressive they get here with Teddy Two Gloves. 55 seconds to go, but they are at about the 35-yard line. So you would think Vic Fangio will try to at least get in field goal range for a game that's gotten a little bit tighter than they wanted. Yeah, minus 8.5 for Denver, 46.5 on the total. Okay, so right now they've got a second down at about the 42-yard line. They do have a couple timeouts here. So, again, first half. Denver backers, and again, this line moves so much through the week that that no fan, by the way, limping in, that that key number, if they could somehow get a field goal of seven, that should just about cover most of the first half numbers if they got there. Yeah, right? and look, uh, we know that this line moved from eight and a half all the way to 12 and a Oof. half. I believe the, yeah, there were some sevens out there. Wow. But a lot of six and a half minus big, so <laughs> matters to some, as yeah, we say. Yeah, so let's see for those first half backers of the Broncos if they can get down in at least field goal territory here. Uh, the Bengals resume their drive, and they've got a first down now inside the 40-yard line of San Francisco and the Buffalo Bills right now still maintaining possession. They've got a first down against Tampa Bay, but they are up against it already down 17-3 to here. So a lot of these games nearing halftime. And again, uh, maybe a little bit closer than we thought. And again, the Chargers did turn away the Giants' efforts to get points. So 17-7 there for the Chargers at home. Okay, let's take a deep breath. Reset. It's week number 14 of the NFL right here in the Green Zone on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
The VEASAN Bowl Betting Guide will be released tomorrow with everything you need to bet smarter in every single bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on every bowl game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your very best bets. This guide is designed to give you an edge whether you're betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few high-key value prop spots. This guide drops tomorrow, so make sure to get your copy today for only $19.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. West Reynolds, Dave Ross here with you on the Green Zone on VEASAN. And uh, the touchdown that we thought Jamar Chase had Mm -hmm. came off the board. Uh, Questionable call, but it did feel like the ball hit the ground, and we did see it move. I really don't know what a catch is anymore. There there was a touchdown in L.A. But, by the way, in that Cincinnati game, then Jamar Chase had a ricochet Mm -hmm. for a first down. So that Mm -hmm. drive is still continuing for the Bengals down 10-3. to And uh, we are now at halftime, and we'll get Nate Jacobson here momentarily to get us updated on that. But... Brandon McManus, 52 yards out. Good. Oh! 17 to 10. Your Covers halftime the score. Uh, some places it did go to seven, but a lot of sixes and a halves. I know at BetMGM, they closed seven. Obviously, the first half opened this week. It was four. So we know that that was the biggest line mover of the day on the Denver side with all the COVID concerns mm-hmm. and, and the injured players for Detroit. Seven players activated from the P squad to form that 53-man roster, but... Denver does barely get there in the first half, so I'll be interested to discuss with Nate what that second-half number is going to be and how we approach this because we're both on the same side. Again, 27 points to the total caches as well for the over in that first half. Uh, it's all but over in the first half in L.A., 12 ticks to go there. Let's go back out to Danielle Avari. And, Danielle, uh, our producer, Jacob Roach, he thinks that maybe you're looking at an elite quarterback, Justin Herbert, for his hair, not just his arm. Well, it's funny, Dave, because the time that I had you on the Los Angeles City cast, I think we talked about this, and this was weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We talked about Justin Herbert and the kind of crazy things that we had already seen from him, and now we're just continuing to see that. I mean, add this one to the highlight reel. He was sacked, by the way, in this drive here. Sacked, timeout, throws an incomplete, comes back in and throws a 59-yard touchdown to Jalen Guyton, 50-plus air yards here. I mean, you just don't see quarterbacks making plays like this right now, and the poor Giants on the other side. They got the ball back before this in Chargers territory. On the 41-yard land, they ran three plays for negative yardage, punted it back, and then this happens to them. So if you're a Giants fan, it is tough, tough all around. And if you have an under, it's also looking very bleak for you. Plus, the Chargers do get the ball to start the second half. That was an absolute missile, by the way, to Jalen Guyton from Justin Herbert. I know. You know, we talk about maybe the yards per attempt are kind of low, one of the lower ones in the league. That dude's got a really strong arm, and now we are at halftime. By the way, 18-6 first down edge for the Chargers, 289-128. to 128. And again, you know, we, we kid about the hair. It, it's a good look, but the arm is spectacular to watch. And to your point, Wes, to be able to move out of the pocket, reset your feet, knowing mm-hmm. you're going to get blasted from behind and still make that type of throw to Guyton as a big-time throw from the second-year quarterback out of Oregon. All right, let's go to Nate Jacobson. It is at halftime here between the Lions and the Broncos. And again, Wes and I were watching here for those first half backers of the Broncos. Had to sweat it out after that 14 nothing lead, but at least they do cover those numbers in the first half of that late field goal. They did, and the Lions had the ball within the two-minute warning, but they had a punt. The Broncos were able to move the ball enough there were about 12 seconds left. They threw a pass up down the middle to Jerry Judy, who immediately went down, gave himself up. They run to the line. They spiked the ball. 
and they would have set up a 57 yard field goal two seconds left however the lions were off sides oh. so brandon mcmanus was able to kick a field goal five yards closer although with the elevation in denver probably wouldn't have mattered that kick looked like it would have been good from 60 plus so it's a little bit easier a field goal though and the first half gets there with Denver, who dominated the first quarter, but it was all lines in the second quarter outside that like one minute sequence to end the half. And right now, kind of interested in the second half under, kind of hinted at that a few times before, just because the full game total closed 42, and now we're at 47 and a half in terms of full game total. So if you can get second half under 20 and a half, I think that's a good bet. 21 would be great. That's the way I'm approaching it. And sidewise, it's at 10 and a half. I think it's going to be a low-scoring half, so I really don't have much of a say in what this total will be or the side if you want to go second half. But I do remember I did tease the Broncos early in the week before the uh, flu outbreak for the Lions, and it also dawned on me in the second quarter when you guys were talking about how Vic Vic Fangio might be on the hot seat if they lose this game or he is already on the hot seat, that I also have Broncos over eight-and-a-half season wins, so really need this one to keep that alive. Mm -hmm. So. Rooting for the Broncos to win, I'd hope they win by nine or more for contest purposes. But if you don't have a, stay, a say in the game so far, a position, I think second half under or full game under 47 and a half is the way to go in this one. Nate, I'm already there with you. And there are still some 21s, but grab them very quickly mm. because they are disappearing. BetMGM only 20 and a half. Most of the market now at 20 and a half. I'm, I'm with Nate. I think that this is going to be a low scoring second half. I'm kind of debating what I want to do on the side. If anything, three and a half basically in the market, but a little bit juiced to the Detroit side at most places. All right. So let's see if that game script follows in the second half here. Let's go back out to tank Williams for the Niners and the Bengals here. And again, it's been an interesting first half, maybe not as many points as we expected here, still 10 to three, but uh, tank, what are you making of this? And I see Joe Burrow trotting back out there. The tone and tenor of this one here in the first half it does not feel like a lot of sustained drives here by all, by these offenses. Yeah, honestly, I just feel like the football guys don't like me. You know, I came here for a Sunday fun day, and they gave me a Sunday bun day. Like, you know, Joe Burrow finally challenges the secondary, the 49ers secondary downfield, and I thought Jamar Chase was going to have a 37-yard bomb helping my fantasy score and helping the T-Money juice yet. It's not a catch. Like you said, I don't know the catches these days. I understand that the ball move, but that effort that he showed, right. the extension to, to secure it. I mean, everything in my soul told me that that was a catch, but, you know, NFL doesn't want us to have any joy right now. And now the Cincinnati Bengals look like they're selling for a field goal and more field goals, less touchdowns. I mean, I guess that's what the NFL wants. I don't know. Tank, you know what, though? I mean, we kid about that, but I, I seriously do not know what officially a catch is anymore week in and week out, year in, year out. This is like a trend that started, I'd say, around 2010. It feels like, I feel like for the first 30-plus years of my life, I absolutely knew what a catch was. And I think the last 10, we've just convoluted the rules. If a ball moves, football move, this, that. I think now people are genuinely confused. And so when I was watching that replay over and over, I went, it looks like a catch, feels like a catch, but I see the ball move, and now with the technicalities, I mean, what have they done? Have they over-legislated this game here to some points where you really, for former players like yourself, can't figure out if that's a catch or not? 
Yeah, because I'm going to take it a step further. I mean, we don't know what a catch is. Tell me, do you know what pass interference is these days? No. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things in this game right now. Do you know what roughing the passer is? Oh, God. Because there's so many instances where you'll see a quarterback get hit, and you're like, oh, that has to be rougher compared to something that happened a couple of weeks ago, yet they just let it fly like nothing ever happened, and then the quarterback gets blown on in the next game, and then it's 15 yards. I mean, so I feel like the way they legislate the game today there's so many inefficiencies in the way that these plays are called, and I really don't know how you rectify it. I mean, the players obviously seem like they don't know what things are. We don't know what taunting is. Mm. And so until we can get, like, everyone together in the room and figure out, like, some hard lines about what's pass interference, what is taunting, what is roughing the passer, what is the catch, I feel like there's always going to be this confusion, and then that confusion is going to lead to outrage on social media and everywhere else because everyone's confused about what they're seeing on the screen. Yeah, that body weight penalty drives oh, me nuts goodness. on a pass rusher. Me? I think that's the worst. It's like, where are you going to land? Uh, you're going to land on that quarterback. So right now, just to reset this game here in Cincinnati, 134 left to go. 49ers do have two timeouts, uh, and they are currently minus three and a half, 41 and a half on the end game total. So we'll see if uh, the 49ers can go ahead and get something down the field as Jimmy G is going to scramble. They do not want Jimmy G to turn no. over at this standpoint, and we know that he can do that on occasion. And again, with that, that touchdown being overturned, settling for the field goal, those things play into obviously not just the sides, but first half sides and totals as well. So that's why we keep the, an eye on these things still at 10 to 6. One quick update. We are at halftime in Los Angeles, 24-7 Chargers over Giants. Second half, uh, I believe Chargers minus 4. Now seeing 20s. I got in at 21 on the second half under, so we're going to continue to ride that second half under terrain. Uh, went 3-1 and one today and this morning, 5-1 and one overall last week. Second half under in Denver and Los Angeles. All right, very quickly, got about a minute to go. Let's go back out to Eric at home. Buccaneers trying to get more points here in a 17-3 lead. E, right now, this feels like complete domination. Absolutely. More than a two to one ratio in terms of the Bucks outgaining the Bills. You know, they've got the ball right now on the Buffalo 23-yard line. Buffalo bringing pressure. Brady just trying to throw it up into the end zone. <laughs> just shy. Mike Evans makes a catch. You know, Bills were calling timeouts before this in order to get the ball back. Oh. Maybe want to make sure they get the stop first here, too. So Evans with a fantastic catch right along the sideline. About a minute 38 left. They're up 17 to 3. They've scored on four of their five possessions. About to make it five of six, it looks like. So, you know, Buffalo kind of running out of answers defensively. And not much happening on the other side of the ball. They've only had the one field goal to speak of. So, uh, not wasn't that long ago you could have gotten in at minus eight and a half. Now the oh, Bucks uh, all man. the way up to I believe uh, at least sixteen and a half yep. was the last time I saw. So, and another record, but another record by the way for Tom Brady, most career completions in NFL history passes Drew Brees seventy-one forty-three. He's pretty good. When we come back, Lawrence Holmes going to join us from Chicago to talk about the Packers and the Bears. Come on back, it's Visa, the Sports Betting Network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. 
Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. MGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a lock of the year. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any pro football game. And if any team scores a touchdown, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first wager. Enjoy football like never before with BetMGM special offers all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use bonus code VEASAN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if any team simply scores a touchdown. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is week number 14 of the Green Zone on Beeson and Wes most of the games at half, yeah. not all of them yet. Though. Yeah, a couple big turnovers, by the way. A muff punt here in Cincinnati is going to give the 49ers the ball. About a minute left to go at the Cincinnati 31. 10-6 right now. Niners currently leading. Also, an early turnover for Detroit. Fumble from uh, Igwe Rike covered by Denver. Denver now first and 10 at the 36-yard line. Denver minus 14.5, 49.5 the total. Okay, and Tom Brady with a sneak. It is 24-3 all Tampa Bay all the time. They have not reached halftime yet down there in Tampa. Uh, Wes, when I say the great Lawrence Holmes, I do mean the great Lawrence Holmes. He holds down Chicago 
better than anybody I've ever known. Host of the 670 The Score in Chicago. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Lawrence W. Holmes. L.W. Holmes, it's great to have you join us here on the Green Zone as we prepare for the Bears against the Packers tonight, Sunday Night Football in Lambeau Field. You know this better than most. Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Is there any reason for hope tonight for the Chicago faithful that somehow this might be different? Hold up. First of all, for, I appreciate the, the intro. That's a great intro. Um, and Wes, I don't know if you know this about Saucy. Does Vison have any idea what they have unleashed on Las Vegas? Do they understand the debauchery that comes with hiring a saucy Dave Ross. And you can't have that man hanging out on, paying him money to hang out on the strip. Dangerous. We, we learn more on a daily basis each and every day, Lawrence, about Dave Ross. All right. Well, as long as you guys are, you got your antennas up now and you're paying attention, you know, you know, the man has arrived. Like this is, this is the equivalent of Ric Flair showing up in Charlotte. This is this is Dave Ross in Vegas. Let's go. I mean, look out, LW Holmes. Uh, pro wrestling reference. Lawrence is my type of people, I go. can already tell. Absolutely. But Lawrence, you know, we talk about it each and every week here, and we Wes and I do it each and every Sunday. You look at some of the coaching decisions that are made across the board in the NFL, and you go, well, that guy's not going to be marked for death like Steven Seagal. I wonder about Matt Nagy with, with Justin Fields in Chicago. Is there anything he can possibly do? And maybe it starts tonight to say that, Lawrence, they've got something on track. Well, if, if they're to run off the rest of the season and win all of those games, then probably. But I have a hard time believing that. Now, look, they'll, they'll point to and say, well, look at what we did last year. Look at how we were able to rally in the second half of the season and get ourselves to a playoff berth, and could they possibly fire a coach after three playoff berths? I, I, it's just a matter of degree here in Chicago. Matt Nagy has been, since week 12 of 2018, the year where he won coach of the year, since Mitch Trubisky looked like an all-world player throwing six touchdowns against Tampa Bay, mm. that, that offense has been trash. And it doesn't matter which quarterback you're talking about. If you're talking about Trubisky or Foles or Chase Daniel or, or Andy Dalton or now even Justin Fields. So that tells me that it's systemic. It's not, it's not just that you can't get the most out of these guys. It's the fact that I'm going to use, you know me, Saucy. I'm about to use an SAT word here, okay? <laughs> He has to stop being so dogmatic. He is about his system. And the only thing that matters is his system. And it doesn't matter which quarterback you put in front of him. He wants to run his system. And when we see the masterpiece from Monday night, where Bill Belichick is like, you know what? I, I have multiple different things that I can run, but I'm trying to win the game. It's the difference between a scheme versus a game plan. And Matt Nagy seems so married to his game plan that he forgets to scheme. Mm. And, 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 and it, it's I mean, so married to his scheme that he forgets the game plan. And it's just so disappointing. It's been the whole time. You would think that, that the way to save his job, the, the way to make it so that the McCaskies can't fire him is to get the most out of Justin Fields. But he hasn't done that. He's had this kind of, 
weird coach-quarterback flirtation with Andy Dalton as if Andy Dalton is the guy that can run his system. (laughs) And if he can just prove that his system works, then he can be saved. Instead of saying, all right, let me rip up the concepts of my system and let me look at what I have in Justin Fields. Let me buddy up to him. Let me give him the job immediately. Let me make him better from week to week. I think there's so many mistakes with the way that, that Nagy handled this from jump. For example, and I know I'm long-winded, but Wes, Saucy knows this about me. <laughs> if, we, if we go back to August, they had two choices to make. Mm-hmm. The choice was make Justin Fields the number one and put every resource possible behind him. Or make him the number three. Maybe you even dress three quarterbacks if you want to use him as a gadget guy. If you want to do like the Trey Lance thing with him, they chose door number two, which was to make him the number two quarterback, which meant he wasn't getting reps with the ones. He wasn't then prepared to be the backup quarterback and they weren't dressing full. It's, it's, it's mistakes like that that just make you go, is does this guy deserve to be a head coach? It's, whether it's his own career survival or not understanding that his offense doesn't work. And then some of the embarrassing losses that we see, I don't know, outside of them running the table, which is not likely, I don't see how he survives this. You said, uh, Lawrence said, door number two. He got the zonk, like on Let's Make a Deal, where you get the little wagon of turtle wax, (laughs) apparently, where they chose that door. By the way, a couple score updates here. Denver in the end zone. Bridgewater to Javante Williams now 24 to 10. Over the Lions, 11 minutes left to go. George Kittle looks like he has a touchdown. Knee looked like it might have been down at the one, but nevertheless, 17-6, 49ers get a capitalization off that turnover. Uh, Lawrence, I do want to follow up with the offensive issues here. And I remember watching that Bears-Rams game, I believe, on Monday Night Football. And Brian Greasy, the analyst, kind of spilled the beans. I don't know if he was supposed to go public with that. But in the conversation with Nick Foles, who was then starting at the time, he says, look, the protection is not there. I've got to change Matt Nagy's play calls. I just have no time. So when you look at the offensive issues, aside from obviously Coach Nagy, do you think it's more offensive line, Lawrence, or do you think it's that they don't have enough playmakers, or is it both? Wes, you hit on something that's really important. The reason why Nick Foles is on the bench is because he told the truth. Right. He told them, and he's been saying it. Like, they actually caught him on the sidelines earlier this year. Him and Dalton were saying – you know, listen, this offense doesn't work. And if you can't block it, then you can't do it. And that's the problem. So he got banished to third string, even though they're paying him $8 million a year. And, and it's so frustrating to watch. Like, yeah, he spilled the beans on it. But I also think that it was a veteran quarterback saying, like, crying out for help. Now, Grease Man probably shouldn't have said anything because <laughs> it doesn't sound like that that was uh, – a conversation that he was supposed to bring to air, but it lets you understand what the problems are with this Bears offense and the way that it's constructed. Every single game is a referendum on him trying to prove that his offense works. I got to tell you, this is why he is the king of Chicago, Lawrence Holmes. He also has a great podcast, the House of L podcast, that you got to check out as well. And again, if you're in Chicago, you're already watching him and listening to him on 670 The Score. 
Lawrence, thank you so much for taking the time today. I always appreciate catching up with you. I miss you in person in Chicago, but you have an open invite to come out with Wes and I here. Anytime you want to come out to Sin City, I don't know if the town's big enough for the two of us, but you're always welcome to come out and hang out with us. Oh, man, I'll hang out with Wes. I'm not trying to get arrested with you, Saucy. <laughs> I am not trying to do that at all. I know. He's going to be like in Vegas. He's going to be like Ric Flair in his boxer shorts on Monday Nitro, Lawrence. Uh, when we Woo! get too late into the evening. Woo! Yes. Uh, that's again, you got to follow him on Twitter as I do as well at Lawrence W. Holmes. Simply one of my faves all time. Enjoyed working with him and being with him out there in Chicago. Good luck tonight, LW. I know the radio lines will be lit up tomorrow for your show on Monday in Chicago. I always love listening to it. Big underdogs tonight in Green Bay. Let's see how Justin Fields and company does against the team and the guy that owns them in Aaron Rodgers. We got some halftime scores. It's going to be bad, Lawrence. (laughs) I know it. Uh, We got to take a quick break. But again, we have halftime finally in Cincinnati in the third quarter uh, in Denver and not yet at the half in Tampa. Come on back. It's the Green Zone on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.